0: WVOW local news, now. Boone Memorial Hospital detected a bomb threat Sunday night. I'm Faith Bannister. Around 9 p.m., the hospital received a call stating that a bomb was located somewhere within the building. Boone Memorial's Chief External Affairs Officer and General Counsel Ray Harold Jr. explained the events that took place following the alleged threat. Law enforcement was immediately contacted, and BMH's bomb threat emergency preparedness procedures were initiated as part of those protocols. And to ensure the safety of patients and staff, the hospital facility was evacuated. All patients and staff were safely relocated to BMH's family medical clinic, where patients continued to receive medical care and treatment. Some patients requiring a higher level of care were transferred to other hospitals in the region. The City of Madison Police Department, Boone County Sheriff's Office, Madison Volunteer Fire Department, West Virginia State Police, and multiple other agencies and first responders aided in creating a perimeter and securing the facility. The state police bomb squad with a K-9 unit and other law enforcement and BMH personnel performed a thorough sweep of the hospital. Fortunately, no threats were located within the facility. Patients and staff returned to the hospital around 2 a.m. WVOW News is brought to you by Logan Regional Medical Center. I'm Tanya Crubb, Director of Acute Inpatient Rehab. Logan Regional Medical Center, always here for you. Hi, I'm Dr. Wright, Surgical Podiatrist from Logan Regional Medical Center, always here for you. I'm Romel Mitchell, Executive Secretary. Logan Regional Medical Center, always here for you. Thank you for trusting your care at Logan Regional Medical Center. Always here for you. On Friday, a Mingo County native closed down his Radio Shack franchise at the shops at Kanawha in Charleston. 70-year-old Stan Morgan got his interest in electronics from his father, who ran a Radio Shack in Gilbert when he was growing up. After graduating from Marshall and teaching for a few years, Morgan opened his first store on February 9, 1978 in the only available space in downtown Logan at the time, a former bar. He remained in downtown Logan until 2003, and in 2001, he opened a second location at Fountain Place Mall along Corridor G. His franchise remained there for over six years before moving to Charleston. Morgan told Metro News that retail is difficult and not for the faint of heart. Retail's tough. Retail's tough. It isn't for the faint of heart. You know, it's, it's a, and electronics is probably one of the toughest retail businesses there is because you can jump online and buy anything, you know, on Amazon or any, any, from anyone for that matter. Ultimately, Morgan and his wife, Sue, decide it was time to call it quits for the store. He cited a number of factors, including the expiration of his lease, a third owner of the National Radio Shack brand in the last seven years, a couple of corporate bankruptcies, and the COVID-19 pandemic. The last seven years have been the most difficult, but it's just really, really hard to let go of something when, you, uh, when you've done it this long. Since moving the store to Charleston, Stan and his wife have been making the two-and-a-half round trip to and from their home in Logan almost every day, which has certainly taken its toll. He held a liquidation sale on Friday and it was a success, though he admitted that he should have started it a few weeks earlier, but he was hoping that someone would buy the franchise, which did not happen. Morgan stated it is now time to turn the page and travel. He and his wife own an Airstream and are planning on a camping trip. They haven't taken a break since 2013. Moorfield is home to the state's final Radio Shack store. Mingo County deputies arrested three individuals on felony charges Saturday. The Mingo County Sheriff's Office says that 30-year-old Christy Wolford, 29-year-old Barry D. McClanahan, and 43-year-old Nicholas Pruitt were arrested on December 3rd for grand larceny, conspiracy to commit a felony, and felony destruction of property. Before the group's arrest on December 2nd, the Mingo County Sheriff's Office asked the public for help in finding the person or group who attempted to steal an excavator from Taywood Road in Mingo County. Deputies have not made a formal statement connecting the group in the attempted theft. According to West Virginia State Police, a deadly crash occurred early Sunday morning in Lincoln County. State Trooper T.C. Hurley arrived at 2101 Bulger Road in Spurlockville around 4 a.m. and discovered a truck in a ditch flipped on its side, ejecting the victim. 18-year-old Trevor Atkins of Samarco was pronounced dead at the scene. A passenger with minor injuries did not require medical attention. State police say that the crash is still under investigation. Smithers' mayor and Cavalier says that after the flood in Fayette County on August 15th, her city is moving forward with infrastructure projects. Cavalier told Metro News that now that federal money is coming in, one of her top priorities is to repair the damaged sewer lines in the area. The Biden administration helped Fayette County with public disaster aid last week. Kanawha County also had flood damage from the same storm, but they were denied assistance. Cavalier said that the damage to Fayette County's sewer system in the Smithers area alone was much worse than the county's limit. The city is looking into hiring an engineering firm to fix the sewer lines first, according to the mayor. The mayor said she was very happy to get federal help because it will help the people in her city recover and prepare for any future flooding. That really hit me right in the heart, um, that we can now start addressing all of these problems and find ways uh, to help our community rebuild and regroup and even prepare for the future. Canal County had originally asked for $974,000 for damage to public infrastructure, like Campbell's Creek and Hughes Creek streams. The Scrabble Creek area of Gauley Bridge was also hurt by the flood in Fayette County. In Canal and Fayette Counties, north of U.S. Route 60, damage was done to more than 100 homes. Luckily, there were no deaths. A Logan Mill School teacher and coach was charged for sending obscene matter to a minor. A criminal complaint filed in Logan County Magistrate Court alleges that 25-year-old Aaron Grant of Foster sent inappropriate messages and photos to a student using the social media platform Snapchat. According to the complaint, Grant began the conversation with a female juvenile on or about November 19th. The complaint alleges the defendant flirted with the minor and sent inappropriate photos exposing himself over the course of the conversation. Grant has been charged with distribution and display of obscene matter to a minor, a felony. Grant is a physical education teacher at Logan Middle School and coached the basketball team, according to police. Get local news on demand at wvowradio.com or on your smart device. This is WVOW Logan. Here's the Coalfields forecast from the StormTracker 13 Weather Center. We saw some drier weather to start off our work week, and, well, that's expected to change. Once we start getting into the evening hours, high temperatures for today were pretty comfortable, much warmer than yesterday in the mid-50s, and we're expected to continue the warm-up as we move towards the middle of the weekend. Plenty of rain showers will start to move in primarily during the evening and overnight hours. We expect to see rain pretty much all day Tuesday, and that rain is going to continue throughout the work week. I'm Storm Tracker 13 meteorologist Chris Knoll. Listen throughout the day or click on tristateupdate.com for more weather information from the Storm Tracker 13 Weather Center.